back in 1982, my grandmother passed away. And then in 1993, my grandfather passed away. But there was a song that was played, uh, and a man sang it at my grandmother's wedding. And it was the song that you just heard. And that song, there was, there's cleaner versions out there, I know. But, but that, that version right there is what I had asked Mackie to, to use this morning because it reminds me of uh, Amos McManus that sang at my grandma's funeral. And that song some, just summed up her life and everything about her life. And what she did, it's not what she said or who she was, but it's what she did that spoke for her. And it's still speaking for her today. And I, I think about that all the time because, you know, we live in a society today that people do a lot of talking, amen? A lot of talking. And talking doesn't really do a whole lot. If somebody tells you that they love you, then that's nice and good. But it's the things that we do. And today, this world that we live in simply does more talking than we do walking. And nobody gets saved when, when we don't do the things we are supposed to do and the things that we need to do. And over in the 11th chapter of Hebrews, there is one verse that has shaken me so hard that I can't not share it with you this morning. <clears throat> and it's about a brother, and it's actually all the way back at the beginning of creation. But listen to this. <clears throat> By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. So what he offered in the eyes of God looked like righteousness to him. And God testifying of his gifts, plural, and through it, he being dead, <coughs> excuse me, still speaks. Now, did you hear what I just said? Even though he's dead, the gifts, the works, the things that he did is still speaking even today, right now. Folks, that was a long, long, long time ago. You hear me? We're not talking about a hundred years ago or a thousand. We're talking about after creation, something that a man decided to do back then is still talking today in the ears of God. We spend so much of our time talking and doing, but we don't spend any time at all on our legacy. We spend a lot of time on our living, amen? But we don't think about our legacy. And a lot of times, people, unfortunately, are buried alive. They're buried alive because their life never really did anything. It, it's waiting to do something. 
And I know a lot of people say, well, you know, and I heard this lady, just excuse me, I'm sorry, ladies, it was a lady, if it had been a man, I said, this man. But about a week ago, we were at a restaurant, and I heard this lady, I was bragging on a lady, what part of our church or anything, but I just walked up, and I bragged on this one lady and something that she's really good at, and, and it happens to, uh, to do with food. And I said, man, that, that was really good, you know, I got, a, I got some of that not long ago, and it was good, and, and I, I said, you know, you, and, and I was joking, joking, but you know, there's some people, they're more spiritual than Jesus, you can't even joke with them, I'm serious, I mean, they, y'all, y'all know who, people like that, they're so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good at all, hey, man, we could preach right there, but anyway, and so this one theologian that was in the, so I guess, uh, I guess you can go to uh, heaven, uh, with works now, and, you know, I think she was kind of joking, and God knows I want to give her the benefit of the doubt right there. I said, Lord, would you free people of themselves? Nobody's willing to die at the cross anymore, and I, I just, I said that, but, 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 you know, God reminded me of something. If, if you are saved, listen to me, no works at all in this world, no works No works will grant you entrance into heaven. However, if you are on your way to heaven, you will be working. Straight out of the Bible, work while it is day. What does that mean in the Greek and the Hebrew? It means the same thing if you take a shovel in the Greek or the Hebrew or the English and you dig a hole, it means you're working, baby. Faith without works is dead, but it won't get you saved. But if you are saved, you're going to want to please the lifesaver until you die. And this is what separated Abel from Cain. Abel was not working on his life. Abel was working on his legacy. Cain decided to work on his life. And see, when you work on your legacy, you're going to dig a little bit deeper. When you want to really please God, like he told the woman at the well, you're going to want to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. And that's the difference between a grain offering and a blood offering that Cain brought instead of what his brother Abel brought. Now, it's taking me just a minute because we're going to go on a trip here. And... The Bible tells us a story in the sixth chapter of Matthew, and I I want to tell you, if there's one thing I wish everybody in this room could get a hold of right now, if you are saved, I'm really on my way to heaven. I'm at this church service today, and if we live to see tomorrow, I've got things I've got to do and I'm obligated to, my family, my job, but I'm really a stranger down here. I'm really, I'm really just passing through. I'm, I'm just, I'm like Miranda and Jordan. They're on vac- I'm on vacation. I'm just, I'm right, I'm just, I'm just right now, I'm just passing through. I, I'm really not here. And so things that affect or things that entice or draw the world, it doesn't draw me. It doesn't entice me because I'm on my way home. The Bible says in the sixth chapter of Matthew's gospel, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on this earth. Don't do it. Where moth 
and rust destroy them. That nothing, nothing you touch down here will live forever. And where thieves break in and steal. Also, he goes on to say, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, listen to me, your whole body will be full of light. I've read that scripture all my life, but I, I want you to, to look. If, if, if these two eyes, and I know a lot of you say, well, that is really four eyes, but no. If these two eyes were really just one eye and saw one thing, that light right there that I'm looking into, that, that's all this, this one eye could see is that, that one light right there because it, it's blind. It, it drowns out everything else. It drowns you out. All, all of the scenery in here. It, because this one eye, it's a single eye, and, and it's, the brightness of that light overtakes my eyes. And, I can't, and if I look in it, I can promise you, if I look in it long enough, I can't see anything else. And that scripture right there says that when your eye, you remember last week when we were talking about looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, when your eye blocks out everything but Jesus Christ, which the Bible tells us is the light of the world, when it blocks everything out but Jesus, then all of a sudden your whole body becomes full of light or full of Jesus. But you can't do it with part of your eye looking at the light and part of it just looking at, at, at somebody or something. It's got to be single in order to do that. And there is absolutely no way in this world that you can leave a legacy that's going to talk way after you're gone and going to be pleasing unto God if your eye does not become single and focused only on Jesus Christ. You can't do it. There's no way you can do it. In a few minutes, we are going to single on one thing that God has laid on my heart for a whole week. But, but I, I want to tell you, before I even get into that, today, the church no longer looks like the church anymore. I mean in general when I say that. The church has finally made it to where they blend and they're bland with the world. We, we, we didn't like being the Lone Ranger. We didn't like being fools for Christ's sake. So now we just kind of, we're user-friendly and, and we, we look acceptable and all that. And I don't mean everybody's not welcome. Please don't think that's what I mean because I mean the opposite of that. And, and so now we don't want our feelings hurt anymore. We don't want anything that's going to cause or draw attention to us. And, and so we, we have bought into Satan's lie to kind of not color out the outside of the lines anymore and, and, and just be friendly, get along with everybody, and, and see if you get along with everybody, folks, you're not going to please God. He said, you're in the world, you're not of the world, you got to come out from among them, but at the same time, you still got to be out there doing the will of the Father. And that might sound confusing, but all it really means is don't fall into the trap that the world has fallen into. 
That's all it means. No trap. Not with money, not with things, not with people, not with fads, not with uh, God knows, not with politics and government and, and rights and movements and skin color and, and heritage and all these other things people are passionate about. I saw something this week. I, wouldn't, I, I didn't even put this nowhere for me to remember this. This is probably not going to be completely accepted, but it just shows you where we are, and you're going to think I'm being some kind of way, but I'm still going to tell you this for your own benefit and for the glory of God. We still live in a divisive country. We still live in a segregated country. We still live in a racist country, in a racist world. I saw this week on a newscast, it was something about Halloween, and uh, the guy, and, and, and this is where you got to watch out because people think you single them out, but I saw a guy on there with his garb and all that. He was a minister from the Black Messiah movement, and just something struck a chord in there with me, uh, and because it could have been, uh, it could have been something with Jewish or Hispanic, and, and it's nothing really against this man or anything, but I'm talking about the train of thought of the, the world we live in because there's all kind of groups that have this same impression. But since, when does it matter what color Jesus was? I, I don't care if he was a Jew, if he was Hispanic, I don't care if he was of German descent, and the, you know that's funny right there. I don't care if he was from Turkey. I don't care if, if he was uh, an Egyptian. I don't care what he was. I don't care if he was white. I don't care if he was black. I, I don't care uh, if, he, if he just, we don't know what color he was. As long as he died on a cross to save me from my sins in hell, I don't care what color he was. I don't care. So you, you, you got that going on. And then you got these people over here that kind of treat Hispanics a certain way. And then you got people over here that treat Asians a certain kind of way because of all the stuff going on with China. And then you got this uh, other thing going on over here where you got people still living back in the 40s uh, with the uh, skint head. Uh, don't mean anything against anybody who got hair today. But against the, the, the skint head movement, the white racist movement. Do you see, do you see there's always somebody's cause, but it's still divisive in nature. It's a spiritual device. Bible says we're not ignorant of his devices. And all the people I've made mention of, I'm not talking about creeds, religions, races, or, or, or different groups. That's not what I'm saying at all, folks. So don't let the devil win right now in your mind. But what I'm trying to tell you, when you become a child of Jesus Christ, all that other stuff gets blurred out and you can only see Jesus. And when you only see Jesus, then you start living like Jesus. You start living like Jesus. When you start living like Jesus, you start bringing a blood sacrifice to Jesus and you don't try to please God like Cain tried to please God and just bring him a grain offering that's going to get you satisfied, do your deeds, and then go back to your life. See, we're not thinking about what our children are seeing in our homes anymore. We're not, if we throw a game in front of them or we just get them out of our way, we don't care. But listen, the Bible says in Proverbs 22, you are to train them up in the way they should go. 
not the way you are going necessarily. So what that means, I got to get on back down to the cross. I got to kneel again because I got a little girl here. I got a little boy. I got three or four children here. And they've got to see Jesus inside this house because God knows they're not going to see him outside this house. And then, then, when you grow, maybe there's an Amos McManus somewhere at your funeral that's going to sing, let the works that I did speak for me. Do you hear what I'm telling you this morning? Because, see, a lot of people, you know why we flirt with temptation? Do you know why we all flirt? with sin, and we have a hard time, it seems, to get over sin and all these kinds. Of, you know why that is? It's because we haven't, we haven't looked unto Jesus and only Jesus. We'll see something on Facebook, and we got to up it one. We'll have a moment of silence right there. We'll, we'll just have a moment of silence. See, and I say it all the time, we love that cheers mentality you got to be 40 years or older to know what that is. You want to live in a world where everybody knows your name. And there's only one name given among men by which we can be saved in the name Jesus Christ. It don't matter what my name is. It don't matter what the name of multitudes is. There's only one name. And see, and so we're doing the same thing. We're grabbing at the world. And the whole time, life is just clicking away. Life is just going by the wayside. There it is. No legacy. But somebody knew who I was yesterday, and I got a like from them. And when you die, you dead. You didn't do anything. You, you didn't, not only did you not hit a home run, you never even walked up to the batter's box. But you came and did your cane offering every week. You satisfied your conscience and you went to, went to church. Folks, I'm telling you, we're getting down to the wire in this world. You better watch the news and read Daniel and Revelation. Keep your eyes on the Bible. Keep your ears tuned to the voice of God and nobody else because he's the only one going to tell you the truth and you're only going to be able to walk in the Word and survive because when you lean to your own understanding, you get in a whole lot of trouble. You get in a lot of trouble. I don't care how long I've been a Christian. I've been preaching for 30 years, but I, the day I wake up and start leaning on 30 years or what I've done is the day I'm going to fall and something's going to mess up because there's nothing about me. I don't bring anything to the table. i got to wake up with the attitude, Jesus, thank you for yesterday, but I'm depending on you today because I'm not going to make it through this day the way you want me to if I don't depend on you. That's the only way. You can't do it no other way. There is no other way. There's one way, and his name's Jesus. The Bible tells me that, that when I work on a legacy, when I lay up treasures in heaven, when I do that, I, I'm not going to see it necessarily down here. And a lot of people say, or have this attitude, and this is why I'm preaching growth track. This is why Dream Team, I'm going to call him out this morning. My favorite insect in the church, Bug. He's got a real name if you're a visitor. He's named Dennis. But I call him, my, his nickname's Bug, but I just say he's my favorite insect. Now, let me tell you what he did. He walked down that hall when we were going to have, a, and he had a whole trash bag. I didn't know if Bug was bringing trash from home and when we'd throw it away for him or what. 
But no, seriously, what he did, he got a bag. I didn't know about it till after it was done. And it was just paper that overnight, because this property was clean yesterday, I was here, that had fallen around here, a bag full of trash. That wasn't worth anything to anybody now, but son, that cash register was going crazy in heaven this morning. You hear me? <laughs> Nothing. Let me tell you this. Well, I'm just going to be happy. And see, the reason I've got to preach growth track and dream team, we've got to work. We got 30,000 people. God gave us a little eye shot of it last week. It's because we're running out of time, and I see so many people wasting a perfectly good life. And they've been fooled into thinking when they come to church, they're fulfilling and laying up treasures in heaven. You're, well, I pay tithes. You know, tithe ain't got nothing to do any, with anything going to heaven. Tithe is for God's glory now and for your blessing now. It ain't got nothing to do with your salvation. It has not one thing. I know sinners that pay tithe. It ain't got nothing to do with all that. So a lot of people will do all kinds of things instead of doing what the Bible says to do. Just follow Jesus, look Jesus, and live like this is your last day on earth for Jesus, and you've pretty much nailed it, folks. Well, I don't, Opie, listen, I'm just, I'm, I just mind my own business. I've paid my dues. Oh, you have. You have. Well, I'm glad Jesus didn't feel that way. I'm glad Paul, Peter, James, Simon, I'm glad they didn't feel that way. Aren't you? I'm glad they didn't feel that way. Well, I, as long as I get to heaven, that'll be good. Well, that's funny to me because I don't think you feel that way right now. Let's just say you work and you get $1,000 a week at your job. And the boss comes up to you and says, listen, I know you get $1,000 a week, but look, I'm really, I'm really passionate about about the break room. I, I, I'm, I just like it to look clean and neat and well-stocked and organized because I, I, I want it to be clean for everybody and I want it to, I just want it to be presentable. And I tell you what, this is, if you want to, if you will just, whenever you want to do it, but, but if you'll just, you know, when you get off of work or, or if you would just stay ever how long you want to every day, and work on the break room, just straighten it up, make sure it looks good. Every month, I'm going to put $50,000 extra in your retirement account. Listen. Well, you know, I do pretty good. We make ends meet on that $1,000. It goes pretty good. I, <laughs> you know, I just, we all, right. we, we, are, we're, we do Seriously? You know what you're going to do? I, look, I, where's my phone? Honey, I'm, I'm sorry, but, you know, I, I'm staying to clean the break room up today, and uh, I'll be home in a little while. I know. I know I'm supposed to have the supper, but listen, we got to get this, this. This has got to be done. This has got to be done. And you know what you did? You're not going to see that $50,000 today, which is what? 600000 at the end of the year? whole lot more than you're making every week, but hallelujah. But when you retire, let's say you did that for 10 years. That ain't but like $6 million. And I don't mean Steve Austin. I mean 
$6 million that you never would, and it might be $10 million because the interest it grew. Nobody in here, well, God, I take that back. There's some people that will always surprise. Nobody in their right mind is going to turn down just cleaning up the break room. Amen? When you pick up trash or you do anything in the name of Jesus Christ, you are storing up your retirement one day way more than $50,000, and it's not really a big deal. It's not a big deal at all. All I did was open the door at church. That's all you think you've done. That's all they think that you did. But oh no, not with God. That was worth a lot of treasure in heaven for God because you did it for his people and you did it in his house and somebody came back to church and got saved the next week because you wanted to lay up treasures in heaven. So I want you to do something. I want you to pray about your legacy. Quit worrying about your bucket list. You need to worry about the bucket called the grave. Forget about the bucket list. You need to worry about that six-foot deep bucket hole because you can't work when you get in that bucket. And see, I, you know what I'm doing? I'm not preaching at you. I'm, I'm trying to quit crying over 53 years of spilt milk. But you pastor a church. That's my occupation. I mean, I'm called, yes, and I wouldn't do anything else but this. But that does not excuse me from doing the work of Jesus Christ. And let me just tell you the best part. It's not even the treasures in heaven. It's the fulfillment of knowing I'm finishing the work of my Lord and Savior right now. And that's why I don't have to do drugs. That's why I don't have to get involved with women. That's why I don't have to be lured by money or anything. Because I know I'm pleasing my master every day that I live on this earth. I'm not caught up in this. I don't have to chase all kinds of things and persuasions and try to find myself. I don't want to find myself. You know where myself is? It's at the foot of the old rugged cross. I traded in myself because I need a new life. I need a new canvas. I need a new me. I need a new name in glory. I don't want myself. Myself was on its way to hell. I want to be a Jesus follower. Hallelujah. Hey, listen, 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 listen. I got to tell you this because it's time to pray. In fact, I'm going to tell you like this. I, I, can, I, I, can I come down there to where y'all are? You know, it's about 761 degrees right there. This week, I'm through preaching. I'm through preaching. But before we pray, I got to tell you something. The Lord laid something very dear on my heart. And I'm tired of the enemy winning this war. Well, he's not winning, but a lot of people are not getting victory. As all of you know, the little child that went missing, and make a long story short, we opened up the cafeteria for the FBI and the Sheriff's Department to kind of have a control uh, uh, center there. And one of those trips going over to that campus, 
I've passed it probably hundreds of times, but this week, God showed me, told me to pay attention to this billboard. They're going to put it on the screen for you right now. Has any of you seen that billboard before? Well, no, you ain't seen it. Yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you what it says now because it was big, but, but we need the big screen. But what that thing says is you can't always see pain. See, I believe the church is not just a place where people come and sit and the preacher wells away and preach. I believe this is an ER. I believe this is an emergency room. I believe this is a place where Jesus wants to hook people up and help them out. That's what I believe. I don't believe we are to come in here and just go through a program and a scorecard to do. I think God wants to set the captive free. I think he wants to rock the babies in his arms. I think he wants to be that joy coming out of you. I think that's what church is all about from start to finish. And when I saw that billboard this week, the Lord says, I want you to do something. I want you to just let me do what I want to do this week. See, that's about a suicide prevention line. But a lot of people in this world, church, the devil, I know, I know about mental health issues. I used to work for a company that dealt with that. No, I wasn't the patient. I worked there. I know all about it. I don't know, I don't know everything my daughter and my sister knows about it, but I know somewhat about it. And I know there's a diagnosed side of it. And a lot of us have been guilty of labeling people. But let me tell you something. Satan is a fox. He's a sly fox. He will prey on any area that is vulnerable in a person's life. And when I saw that billboard this week, he said, we're going we're to help people out this week because there's people under the sound of my voice. He said, we'll be here today online or in the house that either you suffer from depression, suicide thoughts, schizophrenia, bipolar, all the labels that are out there. And I'm not, I'm not saying anything against the labels because what has happened, Satan will take a situation that a person has, has encountered in their life, whether it was involuntary or voluntary, and at the right time, at the opportune time, what Satan told Jesus in the fourth chapter of Luke after he tempted him all them times after he had fasted 40 days. If you keep reading after the three temptations, somewhere about verse 12, he said, so Satan ended the temptations uh, until a more opportune time. And that was when Judas betrayed him. You all know that. And so Satan don't give up on you. He just waits for an opportune time. When I was in college, and I've told this some, somewhere before, See, not everybody is crazy because they want to be crazy. Not everybody is broken because they want to be broken. Not everybody is just having to deal, and, and you call them crackheads or whatever we have labeled them. People did not choose this church. You're either operated by a holy spirit or an unholy evil spirit. 
There's not a politically correct spirit or an okay spirit. I'm, I'm not that religious. I got news for you. You are a soul and that's going to be in heaven or hell. And right now, it's just who's operating the puppet. Are you a follower of Christ? Or is Satan having his way with you and you just had not been notified of it yet? When I was in college, in a psychology class, I remember the professor talking one day. This is the only thing that I got, by the way, from this psychology class. And I got the grade to prove it. But I remember him telling the story. People have what they call chemical imbalances. Given a drug, you know, and you can operate a, a certain kind of way. You can act, and, and it's not you. I've seen, I, I saw it. With my mother, I've seen it with a lot of people. You know that. That's why people do drugs sometimes. It takes them out of where they are right this minute. But they told a story. And this was a case study about a 16-year-old girl that she was making great grades. She was on her way to college and, and, and all of this. But all of a sudden, and G-Money just told me a similar story about... Uh, he don't, you don't know this, but he, he just told me about, uh, what is it, with shrimp and all, uh, the, uh, becoming allergic to all that. I know my sister Joy has the same thing. But all of a sudden, around her 16th birthday, this girl started going down here, started acting weird. They thought she was up to no good doing things that she shouldn't be doing. Her grades suffered. She was not the same person. And folks, they had her tested, 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 and they were about to commit her to a mental institution, and they ran one more test on her just to rule out everything. And you know what it was? Something happened in her body to where she became kind of like allergic to milk. And it did something in the, I call it chemistry, chemistry of her body, and it made her turn into a milk. Milk did that. It turned her, they got her off of milk. In two weeks, she was back making 100 on her test again. So why did I tell you that story? I told you because that's that opportune time, you see, how many of you have ever been in a hole before? Be man or woman enough to raise your hand right quick. You can put it down. I know I've been in a hole. I told it to the, to the group this morning. And it's when you're in that hole, you see, that's kind of a very critical time for Satan. And he will come in every form and every fashion, and he will try to, at that opportune time, he will try to manipulate. He'll turn you into something. He will put something in front of you that you think's the answer. And all it is is to take you to another level. And it, it, it doesn't have to be drug-related. It can be something that happened in your childhood that has had a traumatic impact on you. And now it's manifesting itself in all kinds of ways that nobody could ever diagnose and detect. But the deal is, it's still there. But I want to tell you, not all pain can be seen. There's a lot of private pain. There's a lot of people that you're just sitting here in this place right now and your heart's just a churning right now because you're where I'm talking about but I got great news for you Jesus Christ 
Hallelujah, because of what he's done. He can take care of every mental health. I don't care if you're one of them people and you got a bunch of letters behind your name. They've called you all kind of things. They put you in. And I'm not saying people don't have to have medication to be able to focus and all these other things. People want to rip sermons like this apart because you're being obedient. But the bottom line is greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world that's trying to take advantage of people. And I'm not condoning drug use. I'm not justifying anything. But I'm telling you the power of God prevails in everything on this planet that you live in right here. And I want to tell you this. Satan always tries to make his move during those times. And you might be living in one of those times right now. And God sent you here today. That not just hear about a legacy and to start laying up treasure, but he sent you here today because he wants you to do that. He wants you just to go ahead and make a move right now.